Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Light, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. good in your life it's more than i'm i sure hope nothing bad happens to you today but how how many would take that i just long as nothing bad happens but what shalom is is i it's may the best happen to you today when when we pray for jehovah shalom we pray that god's best invades your life how many want a little bit of that kind of peace It's not just we're not blowing each other up. God's best is surrounding us and filling us and helping us. Where does that kind of peace come from? Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So we're going to take and make three observations for peace in the life of a believer. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first observation is peace in the midst. Specifically, peace in the midst of trial and trouble and difficulty. Jesus said these words in John 16. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus was not telling us that by following him, we would be void of all trial and difficulty and trouble in our life. He did tell us that he's overcome all of those things and that we could have peace in him in the midst of those trials and difficulties and conflicts. That had to be what he was talking about when he said, I'm going to give you a peace the world can't give you. See, listen. There's peace that stuff in the world can help you with, right? I mean, if, if, if you need cash, a big check will bring a little peace, right? But the kind of peace Jesus is talking about is in the midst of the trials and difficulties of our life, in the midst of the crazy decisions, in the midst of the hardships of our life, we can find shalom, the God's very best, in the middle of trial. So here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're waiting on this world to bring you peace, it's not going to happen. One article said that in the entire history of the of the recorded history of the world, in the entire recorded history of the world, there have been 286 years of world peace. So if the entire recorded history is 6,000 years, We've got it right, 286 years. In that time, there have been 8,000 peace treaties made and broken. This world will not bring peace. You, You remember the old song, looking for love in all the wrong places? Maybe we're looking for peace in all the wrong places. 
Maybe we're looking for it in our jobs, in our careers, in our families even. Maybe we're looking for it in society. Maybe we're looking for it in our culture. But can I tell you, maybe we're looking for it in our president and our government. If you're, if you're waiting on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to bring your peace, stop. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And listen, I love my life, I love my family, I love my country, but that's not where I find my peace. I find peace in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial. Not, I love you, but I don't find it in you. I find it in the shadow of an old rugged cross where my Savior hung and offered me life and life more abundant. That's where I find peace. And that's where you'll find peace. If you find it, that's where you'll find it. I'm going to show you a picture. I hope I'm going to show you a picture. This picture is called Pete's in the Midst. And what it looks like to you is a torrential waterfall. But if you look really, really closely, in fact, she's going to advance, and I'm going to give you a little close-up, and it's still hard to see. In the crest of that rock, there's a bird sitting on her nest. You see, it really doesn't matter about the storm around you if you'll hide yourself in the cleft of the rock. And the rock is Christ Jesus. Can I tell you that regardless of what turmoil is going on around you, I hide myself in the shadow of the cross. I held myself under the safety of His feathers, under His wings. Listen. Does it look like that bird is concerned more about the water or her nest? She can rest knowing that regardless of how torrential those waves and waters get, they'll never be stronger than her rock. So it doesn't matter how strong your stuff gets. It doesn't matter how bad your doctor's report is. It doesn't matter how bleak things look it can never overcome the power of your rock the stability the firmness the 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 structure of your rock can't be shaken because he's jesus and he's perfect that bird knows it doesn't matter how hard those waters roll that rock's going to hold her hey maybe you can just find peace in knowing that regardless of how it looks Regardless of how hard those waters around you are rolling, that rock's going to hold you today. And you can trust Him. He will never fail you. Is that good news? Man, can I just... I I just... I, I don't have the right words to say how thankful I am for a God who didn't just hang out in heaven and leave us to our own devices. Man, I'm so glad that I I serve a God who will hide me under His feathers in the cleft of the rock.
So, peace in the midst. And I want to remind you that peace in life is a byproduct of following the Prince of Peace. Peace in the midst. Take a note, write this down. We're going to talk about peace in the making. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I want to tell you a story about St. Telemachus. Legend has it, St. Telemachus was born in what is now modern-day Turkey in the 4th century. And he felt as if God was calling him to Rome. And so Telemachus leaves his home and travels to Rome. Upon his arrival, he understands that they're preparing for the games. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Roman history, the games involved gladiators killing each other. And he was taken aback. He said, how can only four centuries have passed since Jesus was on the earth and we find entertainment in killing each other? How can this be? And so as the games begin, Telemachus jumps over the rail and stands between two gladiators and says, in the name of Christ, forbear or stop. In the name of Christ, forbear. The oddest thing happened. The crowd started calling for his death with this chant, run him through, run him through. In other words, take your sword, gladiator, and run him through. He said, in the name of Christ, forbear. When gladiator took the back of his sword and just in his gut just knocked him to the ground. Telemachus stands up. In the name of Christ, forbear. The other gladiator took the blade of his sword and ran it through his midsection. As Telemachus is dying in a pool of his own blood, he says, in the name of Christ, forbear. Now, there's a couple of different versions of this story about what happened next. One version says it like this, that one person at a time, as Telemachus lay dying, stood up and left. One person at a time, until all that were there were the gladiators. We're told that three days later, the emperor of Rome signs a decree that the gladiator games would be no more. He was a peacemaker. There may be in your life an opportunity for you to stand in the midst of a conflict and say with conviction, in the name of Jesus, stop it. It may be uncomfortable. It may cost you popularity. It may cost you friendship. You may get unfollowed on Facebook. But I need to tell you that as believers, we are more than just consumers of peace. We want peace in our life. We want peace that 
transcends understanding. We read that and we've read it in this, in this pulpit many times. We want that in our own life. We want that for our family. But can I tell you that this kind of peace is beyond us being consumers. You must be a contributor. If you're bought and redeemed with the blood of Jesus, your calling is to be a peacemaker in the earth, in the world. So in your home, here's a question. Are your words peace-filled in your home? And why is it that we can close the doors and think we can talk to each other however we choose? Are your words peace-filled in your home? At work, are you a mediator or are you an instigator? Have you ever found it curious why some people just like to jump in the middle of drama? It's a real thing, isn't it? Online, do you perpetuate the drama that is social media, by the way? Are you the voice of peace? Man, I've got friends that... i got Facebook friends. They just... It's, it's like that's their goal. I'm, first of all, I'm like, how do you work in, on Facebook that much? That's my first question. But their goal in life is just to, to stir the snot. To stir up the, the drama and to stir up the frustration. And, to stir, and I don't get it. And some of them are pastors. I don't get it. What joy do you get out of just creating conflict and drama? And I'm going to tell you, that's not how Christ called us to become and to be. He called us to be peacemakers. He called us to be intermediaries between conflict and to do all we can to bring peace. So I'm just going to challenge you today. And it, it, be the voice of peace in your circle. Now that doesn't mean that you don't stand up for things that are wrong. I would never tell you to be a doormat. I am telling you that the mundane, silly drama of life, the the stuff that really doesn't matter, be a voice of peace. Be a peacemaker. If you've got friends that are in conflict, instead of bouncing between the two, trying to stir it up more, why don't you be an intermediary? Why don't you try to get them together? Why don't you say, let's pray together? Can I just tell you, that'll shut a lot of stuff down real quick. (laughs) Hey, let's join hands. Come here. And pray together. Can I just tell you? And now y'all join hands. You can't, you can't be mad at some. You know, you can't be, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't have unrighteous hostility towards someone and pray for them at the same time. So, peace in the midst. Peace in the making. Peace in the meditation. Now, sometimes Christian people don't like that word meditate because you think, all right, Hindus, um. can I I tell you something? The psalmist David had meditation down long before you heard any of that stuff. Here's what Isaiah said. You will keep in perfect peace. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You. Isn't that what meditation is? Fixing your thoughts? Someone asks you a question. Where's your peaceful place? Where's your peaceful place? 
I have a couple. Shall I tell you? One of them is, and I, I, started, to, I started to bring pictures of my man cave because I have this room. It's not a big room, and it's not a fancy room. Most of the stuff in there was given to me or I bought used, honestly. But man, I can go in that room, and it's a peaceful place. I, I, I got this spot on my couch upstairs that I can, I can sit and read and look out in my backyard. It's a peaceful place. I, there, there's one here. Can I show it to you? I have a peaceful place here. It's, it's honestly right here. Sometimes I'll come and I'll sit right here, and this room will be empty and sometimes dark. Nobody will be here. And I'll talk to the Lord sitting right here. And, and can I tell you, it's, it's a peaceful place. Do, do you have one? Do you have a place where you can find peace? Do you have a place? Maybe I'll ask you a question in a different way. Where's your place of turmoil? I bet, and I'm not going to ask for your hands, it was easier for you to think of your place of turmoil than it was your place of peace. I'm going to tell you my place of turmoil. I, I'm going to just... Clint already calls me a sissy. <clears throat> so I'm just, I'm just going to perpetuate that thought a little further. I don't, I don't like crowds. Oh, well, let me back that up. Now, I would go sit in Sanford Stadium with 92,000 of my closest friends any day. I don't like confined crowds. Like stores that are packed with people. There, Donna and I, we, we go to outlet malls and we go on different vacations, and that's okay. It's okay. I'm trying to convince me, not you. It's okay. But sometimes if it's crowded, here's what I can't do. I can't just... I can't just Stand with all of these people reaching for, you know, Nike shoes on sale. I can't, I have to go outside. So where's your place of turmoil? Maybe for some of you, it's your job. It's your, and for some of you, it's your home. So what do you do? What do you do when there's those places of turmoil, sometimes unavoidable places of turmoil? I used to drive a school bus. Don't tell me about turmoil. You put 47th graders in one space like that. I need a minute. Hang on. See, sometimes those places are unavoidable. So what do you do when the place of turmoil is easier to find than the place of peace? That is the power of... And it's funny how it always comes back to this. That's the power of daily devotion. That's the power of having a time every day where you do this. You fix your mind. You fix your thoughts. You fix your heart on the person of Christ, God the Father, and His Word. Then... And only then. You will keep in perfect peace. Perfect peace. All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. 
Here's what I find to be the case oftentimes. We neglect that peaceful place and our places of turmoil get bigger. The smaller our peaceful place gets. And listen, when I say peaceful place, you know I'm not talking about a a geographical place. I'm talking about a time that you set aside every day of your life. If, if If it's five minutes, if it's, I don't, I'm not about, you know, if you're not praying 30 minutes, then you're not, man, for, it it may be five minutes, but you've got a time you set aside every day to fix your thoughts, fix your mind, fix your heart on the person of Christ and his word. And can I tell you, it's funny how when that happens, the peaceful place gets bigger and the places of turmoil get smaller. It, It just works that way. Maybe the places of turmoil don't get smaller. Maybe your ability to walk through those times of turmoil gets stronger. I'll I'll take you back to that picture. The bird wasn't focused on the water. She had fixed her mind on that nest. The artist says she's sitting on eggs. You can't see that in the picture. She had a goal in mind. She was focused on what, what she was supposed to be doing. And can I tell you, if you and I will do just that, if we'll focus on what we're supposed to be doing, if we focus our hearts and minds on Christ. So I'm going to give you four things real quickly. The believer's path to peace, and that's, that kind of leads us. That idea of meditation leads us to this. Number one, the believer's path to peace starts when we pray. And, and for some reason this year, I have read this particular passage of Scripture, I bet, 15 times. And every time I put it in my sermon notes, I'm like, they're going to get tired of hearing this passage because I've read it and read it and read it. All I can, the only way I can sum that up is to say God must be trying to get our attention. Scripture says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Do you see there's four steps there, by the way? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. Are you more prone to thank God for what He's done or to complain about what He has not? See, when we do those four things, King James reads verse 7, and the peace of God. I think this is more accurate. Verse 7 in in the New Living says, then you will experience God's peace. In other words, after you've done these things, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, tell God what you need, thank Him for all He's done, then you will experience God's peace. And and can I tell you, what we want to do is we want verse 7 without verse 6. We want the peace, but we're not going to do what God told us to do to get it. Verse 7, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's, you, you can't take verse 7 without verse 6. We want the peace of God that transcends understanding. But when, but he's given us a formula to find that peace in our life is to pray. Yes. Is, can it be that simple? Yes. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank you for what he's done. Well, God hadn't done anything for me. I will throw this bottle of water at you. Yeah. 
pray. Pursue. First Peter says, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. I'm convinced that there's some people who pursue conflict. I'm convinced that there's some people who just aren't happy unless there's some kind of drama going on in their life. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Stop it. Seek peace. Because peace in life is a byproduct of following. Does that sound like a pursuit? Following the Prince of Peace. I will find peace in my life as I follow and pursue and seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Mm-hmm. Peace in life is a byproduct of following the Prince of Peace. So we pray, we pursue, and we partner. I'm going to read this passage and I'm going to start it in verse 15 and then come back and read the rest. Verse 15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So do you think that there's a a connection, a correlation between gratitude and peace? We just read it earlier. Thank God for all He's done. Always be thankful. Is there, is there a connection between gratitude and peace in our life? Yes. And it's what the New Testament calls contentment. When I learn to be content, I'm at peace. When I learn to be content, even in the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulty, there is peace. And let me go back now and read. I'll start with verse 12. Since God chose you, he's talking to the church. See, we've got to remember that the New Testament was written to church, to the church, to churches specifically. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Everybody got all that? You're, you're good there? Everybody's got mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, tenderhearted? Okay. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. A lot of problems in the body of Christ are people who forgot how much God had saved them from. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in love and perfect harmony. And then the peace that comes from Christ will rule your hearts. Can I tell you? And and I loved our our 40 days of community. The idea that we are better Together. together. And lastly, plant. Specifically, plant seeds of peace. Romans 12 says, do all that you can to live at peace with, what, what does that say? I, I, I'm, let me blow it up. What does it say with everyone? What about my, my, my snotty neighbor? 
What, what about what about my boss that just won't that just don't understand what life is all about? Just, his goal in life is to just give me grief. What about him? Well, I I don't know how to live at peace with him. That's not what it says. It says do all you can. Do all you can. How many know there's one person on the planet you can change? And you look at him in the mirror, her in the mirror every morning. Do all you can to live at peace. Do all you can to plant those seeds of peace in every relationship you have. Can I tell you what would happen? What, what if just this room, those of us in this room, when we leave this place today, and we go to a restaurant, or we go to the grocery store, and we see people, and we say, I'm going to do all I can to plant a peace seed in their life. You don't know what they're going home to. You don't know what they came from to get to where they're at. What would happen if we just, as the body of Christ, went about the business of planting those seeds of peace everywhere we went? All right. Donna's going to come. Peace in life is a byproduct of following the Prince of Peace. In other words, I, I need you to hear this. You'll never be at peace in your life until you have peace in your soul. Because your soul will be in a constant state of conflict. The Bible says before we were believers, we were at, the King James says, enmity with God. In other words, we counted God our enemy. But Christ, through his birth that Rusty so beautifully sang about, and through his life of perfection, through his death, here's what happened. Colossians 1 says, And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace, peace, wonderful peace, with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. The source of peace isn't your bank account, it's not your job, it's not your family, it's not your friends. The source of peace was bought for us when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. And if you believe the Bible, His peace is available to you this morning. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. It's a gift. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Bow your heads with me. Just so I know who I'm praying for. If you're here and you say, Dwayne, seems like there's been a lot of conflict going on in my life and in just the stuff of my life. And I need God's peace. I, I just want to pray for you this morning. Just wave your hand at me. Hallelujah. Lots of hands. You know what that tells me? It tells me that God knew you were going to be here today. 
And not only do I believe in the power of God's Word that we've heard this morning, I believe in the power of the Spirit of God to do in your heart this morning what only the Spirit of God can do. To heal and to be a... We used to sing a song called Peace Speaker. So maybe today we're just going to pray that God speaks peace into your life. That God helps you understand that He's in control. That God helps you see today that in the midst of all of the stuff, He's got you in the cleft of the rock. Whose mind is fixed on Him. So I'm going to challenge you today before I pray for you. If you could say there's areas in your life where your heart and mind is not fixed on Christ, if there's stuff going on that doesn't need to go on, if there's a commitment to Christ that you need to make this morning, then I'm going to challenge you to do that today when we pray. If you've never received Jesus, it's a simple process. God, forgive me my sin. I believe that your son is the Prince of Peace, and I want him to live in my heart, and I'm going to follow him the rest of my life. So whatever you need to let go of, see... Don and them saying, pry our fingers from the earthly. If there's something you're hanging on to, that something you're hanging on to might be the source of your conflict. And what Jesus may be calling you to do today is to let go of it and to, and to pursue Him, to follow Him. So I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I love you and I thank you for your great peace that this world cannot give. Thank you that we have a faith to hold to in those times of conflict and calamity. God, I pray for ones that walked into this building and there's conflict in their world. There's conflict in their life. Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's our own inner conflict. So God, I, I just pray you, you just speak peace to somebody through the power of the Holy Spirit who is able to speak peace. God, if there's things that we're holding on to that are the sources of our conflict, God, today, collectively and individually, we let them go. We cast our cares on you. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is speaking peace in your hearts today. And if he is, I'm going to give you a challenge. Tomorrow morning, fix your eyes on him. Pursue him. Find a place of peace. And watch your place of turmoil change.